0: Welcome to the Travis Masterbone Podcast. I am your host Travis Masterbone talking some shit to impact your life. This is episode eight titled Warren Buffett and Intrinsic Value Part Two. So in part one we went over the four basic rules for stock purchasing uh, that Warren Buffett utilizes before purchasing any stocks and uh, today we're going to go into the nitty-gritty details on how to value companies. And we are going to start small. And again, I am referencing Preston Fish, P-Y-S-H, Preston Fish. He's a financial educator on YouTube. I am utilizing his Invest Like Warren Buffett series. And I am going to take basically a few of his beginning videos and try to summarize it to the best of my abilities in 15 to 20 minutes, but overall the goal is just to help you understand how a business works, how to value it, and then translating that into stocks, which is essentially what it is. Um, when you buy stocks, you are buying a business. So let's start small. The small business example, um, let's just say you are the head honcho, you created the be- the business entity, you're CEO, president. No board directors. You hire and fire, file your own taxes, et cetera. You're the boss. And we're going to use the same example that Preston Fish uses. You are the sole owner of an ice cream shop. Okay. And so you are the owner. You form the business. We have the customers. That is the most simplistic, basic model there is. Ownership, business, and customers. All right. And so for this first example or this demonstration, we are going to be emphasizing uh, those three documents I mentioned in part one, the income statement, the balance sheet and the cash flow statement. We're going to keep the cash flow statement to the side for now, just in regards to importance and time. And for this first example, we are going to be really emphasizing the importance and intricacies of an income statement, but keep it as simple as possible. There is obviously a lot of other factors, especially if we're not considering the balance sheet, but for simplistic purposes, this will be very, very useful. If this is A little difficult for you to understand in regards to jargon and learning through only audio. Again, I highly recommend Preston Fish. He has a lot of visuals and you can see the numbers and the calculations and maybe it's a bit more understandable for you. Great video series. Highly recommend it. Moving forward, you have the ice cream shop. We have the customers. The customers bring in the revenue. So let's break it down. In one hour, let's just say the revenue is a $100. Customers come to your shop buy ice cream, you have earned a hundred dollars. Do you pocket all of that as an owner? No. This is where the cost of revenue comes into play. It costs money to make money. And let's just say $70 for that hour is divvied up accordingly. 20 bucks to one employee, $40 to material costs, milk, bowls, spoons, etc.), and $10 for rent leaving you with the difference of $30. So this is income before Uncle Sam. So before taxes. So let's just say $10 of that is taken out and we are left with $20 after taxes. This is going to be the most important number when we are analyzing businesses and stocks. This is your net income or In other words, your earnings. So your earnings is a very, very important term. We will wrap back around to that when we start getting into shares and defining all that. But you have $20 left over in that hour. All right. And this is the end result. This is the money left over on the table for you as the owner. And this is your money. You do what you want to do with it. And there's two directions you can go. You could pay yourself or you could put it back into the business or do a little split, a little in your pocket, a little in the business. So if you go in one direction and the owner takes a cut of the earnings, that is called a dividend. I mentioned that in part one, how Warren Buffett and Benjamin Graham are huge advocates for investing in companies who are capable of providing consistent dividends. Right. This is a symptom of a stable, long term company reeling and dealing and rewarding its shareholders slash owners. It shows profitability. So that's a dividend. If the other direction is chosen or it's a split and it goes back into the business, this will be retained as equity, which we will revisit when we start discussing the balance sheet after this example. So those are two directions you can go. So now we have the earnings. So how do we value your ice cream business, head honcho? Let's convert this hourly breakdown into annual. So that's about, that is $100,000 in revenue for the year, $70,000 for the cost of revenue, $30,000 is your income before taxes, and you are netting $20,000 after taxes. That is your earnings. That is your net income. Let's keep that $20,000 in mind annually that your ice cream shop is accumulating. So, if you try to sell your ice cream stand, how much is it worth to a prudent buyer? If I'm gonna purchase this from you, I'm not lifting a finger and I'm gonna be making 20K per year. What would I pay for it? And this is all with the assumption that it's very, very low risk. And this bad boy is going to be churning and running like a hummingbird, right? No issues whatsoever. Let's just throw some arbitrary numbers out there. Say you wanted to sell it for $400,000. How do I know that that is worth it? Okay. Well, this is where just some basic math comes into play. And we are going to get familiar with this times the earnings um, concept here. Okay. So if I paid $400,000, That's a 5% ROI. So ROI is a return on investment. And all you're doing is dividing 400K purchase price by the 20,000 per month in earnings, right? So it's 20 times the earnings, right? That's a 20-year return until you get your money back, which is really risky. A lot can happen in 20 years, and that's a lot of money with not so high of a return. I'll go over some other examples in a second on where you can go elsewhere to get a similar return. And we'll define opportunity cost. But moving forward, 200K, you're trying to sell it to me for 200,000, that's a 10% return, 10 times the earnings. If it was 100K, that'd be a 20% return. Much more appealing, you get your money back in five years, and that is five times the earnings, okay? Again, assuming that there's no problems and this baby is churning. So, opportunity costs, that is the loss of potential gain from other alternatives when you when one alternative is chosen, okay? So, if I were to make 5% give you $400,000, it's a lot of money, a lot of risk, not a high return because I could put it into according to the FDIC Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, I just looked this up, your 10-year government bond is a 4.38% return and on average is about 5 to 6%. Um That's a much safer investment, don't have to put as much money, and you can get that return there without all the hassle. And then we all know a savings account is like 0.45% annually, and then if you get a CD, certificate of deposit, you can get up to like 1.72%. Overall, that's why, in my opinion, that's a very, very low return unless you absolutely know that this baby is going to churn and has a lot of exponential growth. But these are things Warren Buffett and now myself always consider. But when we talk about value, value is basically, you know, the function of how much risk you're willing to assume and how much money you're going to get back each year. Right. And so when I was talking about that 20 times earnings, uh, 10 times earnings, five times earnings, Warren Buffett likes to find companies that trade for less than 15 times its earnings. Okay, so that ice cream stand, Warren Buffett wouldn't pay more than $300,000, which is 15 times the earnings of that 20K annual net profit, right? So it's about 6.6% ROI. And this is all just very simple ABCs when we're looking at the income statement without even considering the balance sheet and the cash flow statement, okay? So I mentioned earlier the word equity. Um, This will play a huge role as we are going to zoom in right now into the balance sheet and then really highlight the margin of safety. Okay, so equity is the amount of money the owner of an asset would be paid after selling it and any debts associated with the asset were paid off. So people really understand it when it comes to a home mortgage if you put down 25% on a million dollar home that's $250,000. That is your equity. Okay, and the remainder is your debt, 750k. And so when we get into this example of the balance sheet with this ice cream stand, we can make this comparison so it's a little bit more understandable. All right? So the balance sheet is nothing more than assets minus liability which equals equity. Okay, we're gonna have our assets on this sheet. We're gonna have our liabilities, and we're gonna be able to calculate and figure out what the equity of this ice cream shop is. So let's say the market price is 200k and 20k income. Again, how safe is this investment? So this is how you determine the margin of safety. Because if I were to purchase this for 200k and liquidate the business, which basically liquidate means just kill the business, right? You're basically turning it all into cash. How much is it worth? And you could do this with your own personal finances. How much are all your clothes and your furniture and your car and your house and your credit cards and your loans, all your assets minus your liabilities? What is your net worth, right? And it's no different than here with the business. So let's look at a sample uh, balance sheet that Preston put together with the ice cream stand, and we're going to look at his assets. So, what do the assets include? You have a corporate bank account separate from your personal account. Cash he has. You have. We'll say you have three thousand dollars. The ice cream stand is an asset. Ten thousand dollars. The ice cream machine. Five thousand. Supplies $1,000 and then the land also is $24,000, assuming that you borrowed against it. The total comes out to $44,000 in the asset column of your balance sheet. The liabilities you owe salary um, $2,000. Your ice cream stand and ice cream machine are listed again. They're listed again because you owe right just like in the mortgage right you have 250k in the asset column but you have 750k in the liabilities of what you owe the bank same thing here with the ice cream stand so in the liabilities salary owed 2k ice cream stand 9k ice cream machine 3k and then the land also 23k so the liabilities comes out to $37,000 so it's very simple as i said earlier assets minus liabilities equals equity Forty-four thousand in assets, thirty-seven thousand in liabilities, that equals seven thousand dollars of equity in this ice cream shop. So is two hundred k worth it? If I were to liquidate it, I would just be left with seven thousand dollars. Seven thousand is three point five percent of two hundred thousand dollars asking price. That's going to be a tough sell. Right. That is a lot of risk. Um, And if the equity was anywhere around one hundred and fifty or one hundred and seventy five K, then that'd be a little bit easier for a prudent buyer such as myself to throw down two hundred thousand and expect twenty K annual return. But unfortunately, that's how we get to the nitty gritty of whether a business is stable or not. And Warren Buffett is huge on this. And this goes back to his rule number three, the vigilant leaders. Are they managing their debt and their balance sheet prudently? So very low equity is high risk. And this leads to low margin of safety. Okay. Because even though it makes $20,000 annually, if shit hits the fan, employees quit, machines break, sales plummet. You know, your only exit is to liquidate. And then you're stuck with 7000 and you lost Your 200k investment or whatever you that's left over, right? Minus 7,000. It's a very tough sell. So, with all that being said, looking at the income sheet, looking at the balance sheet, how does this translate into your Fidelity or E Trade account in purchasing stocks, right? What is a share? So let's stick with the ice cream stand example because when you buy a share, you are buying a business. They're just bigger businesses, different businesses, different sectors, but basically a share is broken down or basically this ice cream stand is broken down into shares, into pieces, slices, right? And we're going to keep this simple and let's reroute it and make the market price $100,000 now. You want to sell your ice cream stand for $100,000 and you break it down into shares, And you break it down into 10,000 shares. Think of it as like 10,000 pieces. So each piece is going to be $10. So that's where you get $10 per share with 10,000 shares outstanding. So you'll hear that definition as well. So 10,000 shares outstanding, $10 per share. That is evaluated at the $100,000 market price listed which isn't necessarily the actual price. It's just what it's trading for. So um, basically, you need to look at these pieces as a proportional scenario. And Preston likes using the comparison of like little miniature businesses. And it's all basic division when we start getting into these new definitions shortly but that's all it is it's just basic definition and just think of a share as just like a little tiny business right and treat your share like you're purchasing the entire business this is why these first two statements are very very important and you could locate them on any of the platforms that you use to trade anywhere on the internet what have you these are very these are public sources of information that you can tap into to help you analyze whether or not this business is worth purchasing. So let's look at the whole business versus one share, right? Back to our proportions. And we're going to look specifically at our income statement and our balance sheet. Divide all by per share. Okay, so we have 10,000 shares outstanding. One share is proportional to the whole business. The income statement we know is $20,000 net income, profit, or What we like to say is earnings. So you'll see this EPS, earnings per share. So it's $20,000 net income per year. You divide that by the shares, right? 10,000. So that, that EPS will be two, $2, right? So there it is. You have that number that represents the income sheet or the income statement for that share. Let's move on to the balance sheet now. This gets translated into book value, and remember, when we look at the balance sheet, we are getting the equity of the company. Okay, and so the equity, same thing. We're at we're at seven thousand dollars, right? We already did that math. Assets minus liabilities comes out that this ice cream stand has only seven thousand dollars of equity. Divide that up by the shares, and you get zero point seven zero book value per share. Okay. So these are important numbers to have because once we start moving forward here, this is how you're going to analyze on, (coughs) excuse me, how you're going to analyze how much money this company is reeling in, how much equity it has, and how safe it is for you to invest and checking off, of course, all those other rules of Warren Buffett, okay, And so you'll also see this term called price to earnings ratio. Very, very simple. Price divided by the earnings. And you do it from the share level, right? So the market price we know is $10 per share. You divide it by the EPS, the earnings per share. So it's 10 divided by 2 and you get five, right? There's no units to that, just five. And so the rule of thumb that Preston highlights and Warren Buffett highlights, think of this number, this price to earnings as just, you know, some guidance. For every $5 I spend buying this stock, I should receive $1 in profit a year later. Okay, so the higher that EPS is, it's going to be way less appealing. I don't want for every $100 I spend, to receive $1 in profit later, I want it lower. So 5 is a good number. The lower the better, the higher the worse, so just write that down and keep that in mind when you're calculating the EPS. And in fact, you could even just find the EPS, it'll do it for you when you look up these companies whether on msn.com or whatever. You can figure that out. Okay? And so, long story short, when we're analyzing a whole business, let's go back to the ice cream stand example in the beginning. 20k income 100k price you're getting a 20% return. It is no different than you buying one share where it's $2 in earnings per share, $10 market price, you're still getting that 20% return. So, one share still the whole business. Use these techniques, analyze diligently and accordingly. Okay? There is no foolproof plan. Again, I'm not some financial advisor. This is all just Copy and paste from Preston and Warren Buffett, you know, do your due diligence and homework. But there is no foolproof plan. Um, beating the market is very difficult, but this is probably the best way to look at it to really see the true value in companies. Um, hopefully, you didn't snooze too much here. Um, I find this stuff very, very fascinating. The entire series that Preston Fish does is amazing. I will link in the bio, but hopefully, everything that I Spouted out today wasn't too complicated. Um, The jargon can get very difficult. I have Investopedia in my internet browser all the time locked and loaded to look up terms and dive into it to make sure I understand what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, But for the most part, it's all very fascinating, especially if you ever want to invest in stocks or your own business. I think these things are very, very vital and important. So hopefully you didn't hit the snooze fest. I think I might make a part three later that goes into other formulas that Warren Buffett and his mentor Benjamin Graham put together to kind of quick and easy analyze a company and see if it's worth investing and investigating in um, and diving a little deeper and making that purchase. But overall, I find it exciting. Go ahead, geek out, check out that invest like Warren Buffett series. And hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Please like, share, subscribe as always. And thank you for tuning in to the Travis Masterbone podcast. And I will see you next time. Farewell.